Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! He's bound to die, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound to watch old bandit run. Welcome, three dudes with a view. You are on. We are on. We are on with you, we three dudes. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Clayton Harris is uh, the station manager, and we've got problems up in our uh, with our transmission equipment up at our radio tower. And so he's up there, and I don't know how long he'll be up there trying to get all that fixed. Mr. Jim York, dude number one, how are you? Mr. York, can you hear me? Good morning, Del. Looks like a little trouble. Yeah, I can hear you. Good, yeah. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, Clayton's, uh, we've got trouble up at the tower on Mount Parnassus, and he's gone up there to see what he can do about it. Hopefully <coughs> hopefully it's not much. Regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews, good how morning. are you? Good <clears> morning. <throat> so good to be here. Is he hanging off the tower, do you think? No, but we've had some people do that. Um, they, they are, they are, uh, we've got a guy who's a tree climber over in Lewisburg who will come and climb the tower when it's necessary for wow. us to, yeah, I love. Well, I'm glad there are those guys out there. It's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> we pay those people to do that. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Sometimes you got to go up that tower. Um, well, I hope they don't have to go up there today. Well, I hope not too. That's- but what a gorgeous day out, guys! I mean, it is an embarrassment of riches in our little jewel box, Columbia, Tennessee. Isn't it awesome? All so- right, folks. The world just keeps on turning, pretty much as it always has. The disaster that's going on in america the, well except the, the 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 ukrainians are beating the russians uh and that's sort of fun to see for a on a variety of levels uh you know right around here the price of gas gone up what another 30 cents in 30 the last cents. week Debbie? right yeah. yep and uh yeah I just, now i just watch the gauge on my truck fall i just dread just it. it keeps on spinning yesterday fox had this really interesting segment on they had three truck drivers one of the truck drivers handles frozen foods. So he said not only does his truck run on diesel, but the uh, freezer portion of the truck is also diesel operated. Yeah, and and he said all of last year he spent $3 million on fuel. He's already clipped 4.2 for this first quarter. That's the difference. And so oh, wow. everything that he's transporting is just going to go up and up and up. Well, I mean, this anybody who thinks that Putin's responsible for high gas prices, they, I don't think they're from around here. Uh, Biden said he's going to eliminate fossil fuels. Well, that's how you do it. You make them short and you let the price go up. Right. Listen to them what they say the first time. Believe them the first time on what someone says. This this affects ordinary people, folks. Well, and we've got a baby formula shortage. I mean, parents are freaking trying to find baby you formula. Know, I don't quite understand that. I mean, yes, we fed our children formula. Our grandchildren got formula. But if if I recall correctly, Debbie, my sister and I just got milk from the store. Yeah. There was somebody talking about sweet acidophilus somehow that 
that could be a substitute. I, I mean, have, <clears throat> I don't know. Babies will I mean, survive. They, they say the babies are going to starve to death. They aren't going to get. Go down to the store and buy a jug of milk, people. Right. Well, I yes. Mean, is that? Well, they'll, they'll say there's a shortage, and then the government comes out and says, oh, don't try homemade formulas. Don't do milk because there's babies will die. So it's like that's what the government is putting out there right now is babies will die. <clears throat> oh, Lord. Yes. I can't believe that. <clears throat> well, it's. I, the thing is, you know, back in the day, they used to just mix a little caro syrup in the milk and give it to a baby. You know, that was food. Well, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of families out there that can't afford formula anyway. They just do it the old-fashioned way. Well, I remember my mother saying that um, she would give me buttermilk because um, it, it didn't upset my stomach as much. Right, right. It's yeah, got a little bit of vinegar in it. Is that it? Yeah. If, if, you don't have buttermilk, and mash. if you don't have buttermilk in your house, you can make buttermilk with sweet milk and a tad of vinegar. That's what makes buttermilk. Okay, there you go. Well, Mama swore that that. Uh, hey, listen. That I didn't cry when I had buttermilk. Well, right. It's a stomach thing. It's a beautiful thing. There you go. It's all, all natural. It's all natural. There we go. All right, folks. We have got a special <laughs> guest with us today. Um, Jeff Byerline. He is a candidate for U.S. Congress, the fifth district, the newly created fifth <clears throat> district, which includes uh, Murray, Marshall, Lewis, uh, a good chunk of Williamson County. Uh, a sliver of Davidson County and a sliver of Wilson County. It's a wide open seat, uh, and Jeff is one of the candidates who didn't get skullduggered out of the job uh, by the uh, yeah yet, by the uh, <clears throat> Republican State Executive Committee, who has performed a magnificent job of disenfranchising people and skullduggering. Um, Jeff Bowerline, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Dale. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. All right. You're a candidate for U.S. Congress. Um, now, you, you're from Williamson County, right? Yes, sir. I, I live in Williamson County. I've been in Tennessee for about 22 years. Is that where you grew up? Or? Oh, no, sir. I grew up in Cincinnati in southwest Ohio. Yeah, I think I saw him with a Ohio State T-shirt on one time, so I was like, oh, oh. okay, he's brave being oh. the SEC with that on. Okay. He's an Ohio transplant. Hey. I got, I got, I got family. There's a lot of great Buckeyes who who, who see uh, see the light. You're the other, so. you're the other, you're the other OSU, huh? All right, yeah. 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 he's from Oklahoma. Oh. Yeah, some of my family went to, went to school up there. In fact, I got you a know, nephew up there right now. When I when my husband and I got married, he's from Eastern North Carolina. So basketball, ACC, Duke, uh, Chapel Hill, all oh. that. But I told him, I said, you cannot live in Nashville. You can talk about basketball all you want, but when it comes to football, you're an SEC person. Or you're, or we were not. It's not going to work. And yeah. if your team falls out, you still support the other SEC team. That's the way it goes. So someone should have given you that advice. Pretty much. Or what did uh, Jeff Byron tell us about you? So uh, I've been in Tennessee for about 22 years. I came down here with the 101st Airborne in the year 2000. I was an uh, Army aviator. When I got out of West Point in the mid '90s, I, I commissioned Army Aviation and chose Blackhawks. So I was fortunate enough, or lucky enough, or maybe they overlooked uh, some of my shortcomings and <laughs> got to get down to flight school. And then, now wait, what years were you in West Point? Uh, Ninety-one to ninety-five. Okay, so you got went there for undergraduate school. Yes, ma'am. So West Point cadets. So uh, and really, I was a fan of history and service, and uh, it just made sense. So I actually went to a Jesuit high school called St. Xavier up in Cincinnati, a Christian school, uh, one of the best schools, and service was a huge part of what we did. In fact, mm-hmm. the motto for St. Xavier is meant for others. So literally in high school, in my summer, I spent part of my summer living at the southern border, working with immigrants, talking with them, trying to learn Spanish, 
Um, you know, we work for Habitat for Humanity. We serve food, massive camp food drives. So all about things beyond just the education, athletics, and then being a better citizen. So then you went to West Point. I did. Uh, actually, three guys, three other guys from my football team went. So all four of us went there. I had a couple friends there. All served for several years. Uh, one actually retired from the Army. Um, and then we, we kind of matriculated out into different different sectors in life. So you went from West Point to uh, 101, Airborne, first? Oh, uh, Actually, after West Point, I went to Korea for a year. Oh, wow. So uh, what, what were you doing in Korea? Uh, we were doing all kinds of things. At the time, it was kind of hot because South Korea was, uh, you know, they were, they were still very, very, um, I guess, aggressive. And they, you know, sent subs into South Korea and such as well. So I was assigned to an Apache, age 64, the gunship uh, battalion. Uh, as a Blackhawk guy, I was a staff officer for there, flew a little bit, um, and then after a year of that, I, I transitioned to Central America, where I spent almost two years of my life down in Honduras. Oh, wow. Covering every, everything from Panama up to the Mexican border in Guatemala. Wow. So you've got a good oversight of South American issues, I guess. Uh, I do. A lot has changed. Now, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was war going on down there. Not the right. kind of war we're seeing now or that folks refer to, but actual war. Right. Folks were refugees. Um, and then when I was down there in the late 90s, you know, we did everything from, you know, drug interdiction to disaster relief, humanitarian support. We flew doctors and nurses in remote villages. Now, I was down there for Hurricane Mitch, with, which killed over 10,000 people. Wow. I mean, that's way worse than Katrina. Right. Uh, but it was, a, it was an honor to be a part of that effort and be an American down there and them seeing the goodness that we bring. Awesome. So then to the 101st. Well, then I went to Fort Benning, uh, to the infantry course. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So back to, back to the south. Uh, I went to Airborne School, and, and then I got to the 101st in year 2000, um, you know, prior to 9-11. Well, that's an awful lot of information between West Point and, and Kentucky. A lot of great things that's happened. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us about the Kentucky time you were there. Sure, uh, sure. And, uh, I, you know, the, the post office, by the way, at Fort Campbell is in Kentucky. Right. Most of Fort Campbell, where most Tennessee. of us live, is in Tennessee. Yes. And that's Clarksville, where most right. of my friends live and where we were. Uh, so I was initially, you come in uh, as a captain. I was a commissioned officer uh, and spent a little time on staff. And then um, I remember one morning I was at the, the mess hall there after we did PT, and a colonel looked at me and said, Jeff, uh, I want you to be my unit commander, be a company commander, a unit leader. Okay. And uh, it was an honor of my life. Kind of got the chills. And uh, I sat down, look up at the TV, and the first, second plane crashes into the building. Oh, wow. I'm like, holy Moses, what have we gotten into? What's going on now? Uh, so that was 9-11, and I knew at that point it was game on. Um, from that point, uh, President Bush actually came down, so I had to change my, my date by which I, I took the guide on the flag and took over the unit. Um, and then almost immediately thereafter, we started deploying troops to Afghanistan. The toughest thing I'd ever did to that time was splitting my unit because they said, Jeff, we're going to take the, the senior guy. Uh, we need half your team, and it's not going to be you. So I had to look at, across my 75 guys and girls and say, you, you, and you, and we'll see you downrange. Uh, so I sent about um, not quite half, a little under that, uh, down to Afghanistan. We never got the follow-on mission, Debbie. And so they came back about six months later, and by that time we were already gearing up for Iraq because wow. we knew what was going on. Wow. And then I took the entire unit over uh, in February of 2003, about 80 folks. Uh, I had 
about 65 aviators, um, you know, soldiers, pilots, a few lieutenants, and they cut me 15 infantrymen, which was a very interesting. <laughs> so you <laughs> you had to lead men into Iraq. That's Absolutely. Impressive. We were there uh, from the very onset of the war. Uh, our war started before we actually crossed the berm because uh, our camp came under attack, or so we thought at the time, uh, you know, watching missiles go out, and, you know, Iraq was launching uh, Scud missiles into Kuwait at the time. And then we got the green light on the 23rd of March, 2003, uh, that morning started with actually a U.S. soldier, Sergeant Akbar, attacking uh, his base. He actually took the lives of, uh, I believe, two servicemen, wounded about 18. Uh, and then, you know, we took off uh, launching deep into Iraq that morning. Uh, and that, that mission lasted about four days. Wow. Wow. There you go. We are in debt to your service. Thank you for leading them. I meant, what would we have done without you? All right, well, I appreciate that. I just, I'm happy to uh, to represent the voice of a lot of people who did things much greater than me, and you know, be a part of that was the honor of my life. Well, that's awesome. Now, that's what awesome. Uh, let's, what got you to Williamson County, Tennessee? Uh, I love to say, you know, I, I look at a bunch of different things, and th- this is where I need to be. But a lot of opportunity uh, after I, I transitioned from the army after my second tour in Iraq, I came back to Vanderbilt because yeah. I love love. So Tennessee. you went to Vanderbilt for graduate work? Oh uh, yeah, what? graduate work. I went to the Owen School of Business. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So get, got a business degree. Uh, you know, the Army was, was wonderful, but that too ran, run its course. And, you know, when you spend so much time gone for your family, I, you know, talked to my wife at the time about it and said, okay, let's, let's transition, find something better for us. Um, and by that time, I had two children and uh, decided to pursue a degree in business and a different career. Uh, so we just stayed in Nashville, and I've you know lived everywhere from you know Clarksville to West End to Bellevue and Franklin <laughs> and Brentwood. Haven't lived in Columbia yet. Well, come on, oh, well, I know you're a realtor. On. Come depending, on, I can yes, get you. depending <laughs> on this interview, I'm I'm looking at real estate. That's right. Who well, love you? What yes. kind of business did you? Have? I, I started off in healthcare, and I've worked that for the better part of 15 years, uh, mainly running operations for folks with kidney failure. It's called dialysis. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they've got clinics all over. I worked for a company called Davida for several years, and then uh, another competitor to Davida for the past five years running teams uh, across the Midwest and part of the Southeast uh, I've got about 315 folks in the team and you know we, we help about well what, patients. so Jeff Beer Byerline yeah, you, you know the military you know Central America you know Korea you know health care issues man you would make right. a good congressional district I appreciate uh, candidate. That, That's All right. what, what else saying. I know, though? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's take a break and come back and talk about what you uh, would like to accomplish if elected to the U.S. Congress as a Republican candidate. All right. Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorsales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, 
I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Our company, The Garbage Man Incorporated, has been advertising on WKOM and WKRM for years now, and as a result, our company has really grown. Now we're looking for young, healthy, hardworking people to grow with us. We are in need of drivers and helpers. We pay serious money. So if you like outside work and want to work for a great local company, call me at 931-540-0919 and let's talk. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. We're going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up. Watch our bandit run. Welcome back. You're listening to Three Dudes with a View. We are coming to you live from downtown Columbia, Tennessee on FM 101.7 WKOM. You can also listen to us and watch us on WKOMRadio.com. And if you want to catch the podcast later, you can go there. We are having a big day. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, our station manager, is up at the tower on Mount Parnassus trying to straighten out some technical difficulties. Seems like their day does not go by when those gremlins of radio get us one way or the other. 
And so he's up there working on it. Mr. Jim York, dude, number one, how are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And regular special guest, dude, Debbie Matthews, how are you? So good. Thank you for having me this morning, and thank you for having this candidate on for District 5. And Jim, by the way, Jeff, Jim York is a veteran as well. Oh, I couldn't be more proud, Jim. Talk to me about uh, where you served. And, and that's, folks, that's Jeff Byerlein. He is from Williamson County. Uh, and is a candidate, a candidate for the Republican nomination for U.S. Congress District Five, an open, newly created open seat. Jeff, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate days. that, Dale. Yeah, man. All right. So he's Go been. Ahead. In- you, you, you were asking Mr. York something. I think. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jim. Oh, uh, yeah. Vietnam, uh, 1965 to 1968. Did gunfire support south of Da Nang. Oh, wow. uh, rescued pilots up in the Gulf of Tonkin, followed the U.S. Enterprise carrier, uh, did gunfire support uh, really south, almost down in Saigon, but around Chulai and Kuwait. Now, when you when you say gunfire, sir, were you an artilleryman? I was a radarman, radarman doing the gotcha. plotting for the gunfire support. Wow. wow. On a destroyer. Five-inch 38s, 15, 16 miles range. Incredible. Those are some big guns. Yeah, we love Jim. Thank you, Jim, for your services. So awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, Jeff Barron. All right, so well, he went to West Point, served in the U.S. Army, uh, went to Afghanistan, and uh, ended up going. Uh, I'm sorry, Dale. Actually, Iraq. I went to Iraq. Iraq. Went to Iraq. Iraq. Sorry. All right. Well, yeah. he went to Korea, then Central America, the border, then well, Iraq. Sometimes some... I feel like Johnny Cash. <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> but, right. but I haven't been there, to Afghanistan. There, there were some steps in between there, and then uh, so Iraq, correct. <laughs> Ended up back in Middle Tennessee, went back to school at uh, the Vanderbilt Owen School of Business, and has been involved in the healthcare business here and around Middle Tennessee since. Now you've got uh, a family, Jeff? I do, I do. I have a wonderful family. My, my bride, Maureen, um, she's actually an immigrant herself. She's Australian. Wow. And so we've been married. She did it the legal way, which costs a lot of money. I know Australia's. Well, she asked me, how should I do this? Should I run across the border or should I should I I come in legally? But you know what, Debbie, she'd be the biggest advocate for folks following a process. Exactly. And and by the way, I love immigrants so much. I married one and I work with them on both sides. I got a real interesting perspective because, you know, we fought part of the drug war down in Central America. I've served immigrants as a young man, right. and I've seen what comes across. Our country needs immigrants, but we also need to follow we a process. We have to follow a process, exactly. And people that do it properly, I mean, it's a long slug, and it's expensive. Um, it is. You know, so, but anyway, so, so you know business, you know health care, you know immigration, you know the border, you know Central America, you've been to Korea, you've been to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a pretty impressive resume. Well, thank, which, thank you for saying that, but I also know that the direction of our country needs to change. And that's what really compelled me to throw my hat in the ring here, because for the first time in 150 years, you know, we're, we're about to participate in this seat flipping from a Democrat seat to a Republican seat in the 5th District. Right. Since first almost time ever. the Civil War. That's right. The last one was Horace Harrison, I believe, 1874, 1872 election. Um, Dilk would know that one, that date. What? <laughs> No, you would just know. You know everything about well, that. Well, that was a, I mean, yes, that was a complicated period, a post-Civil War uh, political period of time uh, in Tennessee, and everybody's got a different version of it. But, um, yeah, it was just a complicated time, and there were some Republicans who were uh, elected to the uh, to Congress and mm-hmm. whatnot, and then 
uh, eventually, it wasn't many years before, it wasn't many years before the country decided to try to heal. Uh, and there's a lot of debate about how much success that was. It's a lot. That's a can of worms, Debbie. It is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, well, but now we've got a But, but they, eventually they granted voting rights to folks that formerly serving in uh, the, the Southern Confederate Army. Uh, and made a, a, an effort to try to put the country back together, right? Uh, to get a consensus for government again, right? And uh, so, anyway, some Republicans got elected along the way. To the, See, from, I told from you Tennessee. he would that, know. That, mm-hmm. Well, it, it's you. just it, that is a very com- and complex period in Tennessee history. Let's get back to but, what's you know. Now we're back to now we're back to skull duggery uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And and apparently, but Jeff Byerline, you're sitting here. You you're qualified as a candidate. You're on the b- ballot. So apparently, the state executive committee of the Republican Party decided that you were a bona fide Republican. Well, I feel like the luckiest man on earth, though. I really do. And it's it's an honor to even have the potential to serve again. And um, but but where I was going with that before is yeah, you know, we're watching so many things happen, and it would be so easy to just sit back and pay taxes and have an opinion. But I'm beyond that point in life, especially as a veteran. And I talked to so many of my, my, my peers or other people, even random guy in the park yesterday, about how, what do you think is going on here? Um, you know, we not quite a year ago, we watched our departure from Afghanistan. And by the way, I'm, I'm not about these forever wars. I'm not saying getting out was a bad thing. But how we did it. It was a mess. And, and the, the disaster that it was, and not just watching babies getting chucked over a concertina wire. I mean, that's not who we are as a no. country. No leaving 13 soldiers on the field there, one from Tennessee, East Tennessee. I know. Staff Sergeant uh, Canals. Uh, Unbelievable to me that we would put them in that position and thinking there's got to be a better way. Um, So it's a series of things that kind of got me to that point. Um, You know, we talk about inflation. You mentioned some of the things going on earlier in the price of fuel, Debbie. it's, It's things that most of us find detestable. And, in, and again, in, in my life and beyond the point of just saying, well, I don't, I don't think it's good enough, we've got the potential to make change here. And that's why I threw my hat in the ring. I love it. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah, please. How old are you? Uh, I'm staring down the barrel of 50, so I'm 49 years old right oh, now. Oh, the 50s are awesome. There we go. <laughs> I can say so far. Look, a lot of wisdom. Right? It, it is. Jeff, you, Jeff, you're a military guy. Yes, sir. Real military strategy. And Afghanistan, you commented on that, the hot how it wound up uh, with, with a mess when they decided to leave. Could you have anticipated uh, an agreement that was already signed prior to you taking over and then the rush to get out of Afghanistan? Would you have anticipated that as a military guy? Well, I, I think, Mr. York, first and foremost, the need to leave was apparent, and I'm not I'm – not you know, disappointed in that, and I believe that the former administration had already negotiated a departure under certain terms. The difference is uh, it was supposed to be conditions-based, not time-based. Exactly. And I believe the Biden administration set some arbitrary timeline predicated on the anniversary of September 11th, which only forced our hand and made allowed them to make terrible decisions in that. Amen. Now, I wasn't in the room discussing that. I'm talking about the the basic rush of the airport by people that uh, military folks had no idea that was going to happen. Right. Well, at the end of the day, we're still responsible for security of that. And we can either marshal the resources 
or deal with the consequences, and unfortunately, we did the latter. The intel reports that I understand. Now, I'm not. The Taliban was also well. Let's talk the about Taliban the intel. was also responsible for our clean leave, and they didn't do their job either. Oh my well, gosh, we, our we enemies can't, can't be trusted. Yeah, we, we can't put our 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 expected outcomes in the hands of someone who's exactly. clearly our enemy. Or the, our precious life of our servicemen in somebody sure. else's hands that have been trying That's to kill them. That's why it was a bad agreement. Well, it was condition-based, Jim. They hadn't met those conditions, but Biden wanted to rush and get it out by 9-11. I mean, come on. He's still responsible for this disaster of the pullout. So Yeah, he's responsible. He's commander-in-chief, but it was a botched-up setup in no, the first place. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Well, candidly, I, I couldn't be more disappointed in, in his response, and not just how it happened, but how he, as the commander-in-chief, responded you know, verbally as if he blamed the previous administration. And he didn't take ownership. He's doing the same thing right now with the fuel prices. Mm-hmm. So it's all Putin's fault. Well, now, Jeff, it, what, what, what outlook would you bring to your work as a U.S. congressman should you be elected? When you say outlook, could you? Well, I just... You know, generally, what what's your uh, position on the various issues? I mean, are, are you uh, tell me tell me what brand of Republican sure you are? Not. I'm a conservative, <laughs> first and foremost. All right, I mean that's Republican. what I'm getting at. Are you and a compassionate conservative? I, I'm very compassionate. I talked about services we oh. said, but I'm more a constitutional conservative. Amen. And getting back to putting power back to the states, being fiscally conservative and responsible. Uh, understanding the origins of, of, of how this country was set together, where we didn't have these forever politicians, these political creatures making decisions, uh, who really have little context for the normalcy of life right. and business. Right. Um, and we've, we've really departed from that, and I think we're paying the price. Some of our best leaders in our country haven't been politicians. They've been people from the private sector who've gone into, uh, gone into uh, office right. in public service. Love that. Love that. Um, so well, should yeah, we? But with the with the experience as a healthcare person, yes, what sir. would you do to help healthcare in this state? We've got over a million people who don't have adequate healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you do to try to re- resolve that issue? I, I think there's several things we need to look at first, and, and I would say first and foremost, we need to. To, to create more accessibility, and there's a lot of things that have been done to that end. Uh, Obamacare was an attempt to try to do that, and I think about 11 or 12 million folks across the country have more access to care. But by and large, it's still incredibly expensive. Uh, we need to look at where the money's going first off and have more oversight to that and also create transparency. Um, you know, Mr. York, at the end of the day, most people do way more research buying a car or Right. Or, or looking at a consumer product than they do even understanding their own health. Uh, and so if we create more pricing trans- transparency, inevitably that should come down. The second part, I think we need to look at quality. The government has taken many measures to include in our industry and dialysis and you know, hospitals and what, 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 how they're both compensated and reimbursed to a slight extent, especially for government dollars, and that's key. But let me give you a, a here-now concrete example. The vaccine mandate, when you have a shortage of labor or you have an impending shortage of labor, the absolute worst thing you can do is tell people you're going to take this shot 
you're going to lose your job. Amen. That's not who we are as a country. Amen. And so one of the very first things I would do would be unwind the mandate. Now, if a hospital decides to do that, that's one thing. If a hospital system or a company does, I may not like it, but I understand that's a condition. But for the federal government to tie um, the CMS dollars to that, I think is counterproductive. I think they should apologize to people who lost their job, who carried us through the COVID debacle for almost two years As heroes. before they rolled it out. And I know friends, I have family members and other things who were directly impacted by that, where we need that labor on the hospital floor, in our clinics, and serving other people versus standing on the sidelines or leaving health care. But Jeff, the government has, a, has a, a requirement to try to protect all its people in this country. And if vaccines are necessary to help protect them, that's what they need to do. Because kids have to get vaccines to go to school. I and, believe and the there's government... requirements that, that have to be met. Well, you just I... can't have a, a open society where people don't protect themselves. And we know uh, from, from the results that enough people don't have what, what people call common sense to go get a vaccine. They'd rather take their chances. Well, I, I think time will show, and especially last week with the dump from Pfizer, that numbers are going to be different than what you expect, Jim. But that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. It is the government's job to uh, protect our liberty and freedom of choice. That's the only job that it has, truly. Well, how you going to have liberty, Deborah, if you're not living? You know what? That's my choice, Jim. So, And, Mr. York, let me say this, too. I, I'm not an anti-vax guy. I'm an anti government forcing the vaccine on any one guy. I took the vaccine. I, I, we went and got vaccines everywhere from Chicago to Indiana. And, you know, we were ahead of most of the country, at least to provide that option for our patients and our sick people. But this thing's been so politicized, starting with, you know, Kamala Harris talking about, you know, I wouldn't trust this as a Trump vaccine. Right. I mean, I, I think this was done under right. the wrong, wrong right. pretense. Right. And it may but be a wind benefit. up taking it in the public like uh, Joe Biden wound up taking his in the public like many Democrats wind up taking their vaccines in the public. Well, yeah, I mean, Jeff's absolutely right. When it was the Trump vaccine, she wasn't going to take it. When it came to the Biden vaccine, she took it. So I, I mean, know. I think it's she scared the living heck, very... heck out of people. You know? <laughs> she and did. It if it was that good, it should have been politicized. But there, there still are a lot of uncertainties yeah, that's here. A, I mean, amen. That's just she's just a doofus. And, and, uh, <laughs> And an unpopular. I disagreed vehemently. An unpopular mean doofus. It's just the craziest thing ever. Just, she's a, she's a. She mean walked off from a Biden event last week because she didn't want to be seen with him on a hard hard topic. Better leadership is the answer, guys. Absolutely. Better leadership. We can do better. Yeah. We, we'll what, steal that from the Democrats. We can do better. America can, needs. We can do better. <laughs> All right, we're taking a break. We'll be back. Now you're. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.
Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Let's talk custom design jewelry. Did you know Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia creates custom design jewelry and has been for over 30 years? From one-of-a-kind engagement rings to wedding bands and so much more. We want each piece to be as unique as you are and create a family heirloom for tomorrow. Call today and make an appointment with one of our designers. And just for calling, you will receive a free 30-minute consultation. Tillis Jewelry, creating custom jewelry proudly in Tennessee. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. Hey folks, this is Chandler Anderson from the Right Care Clinics, our Right Care Primary Care Clinic that's open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And the Kroger Shopping Center now has a new primary care provider, Miss Terry Locker. You may know her from Columbia State or the Murray Regional Medical Center ER. If you are tired of being rushed in and out of your primary care provider's office, come see Terry. She's going to sit down with you, treat you like family, and get your health care needs under control. Right Care Primary Care open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Wow, Linda, everything in your backyard looks so green and beautiful. What's the one over there? That's a flowering dogwood. And what about that one? That's a star magnolia. Ooh, and how about those over there? Oh, those are the new May Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. With chances to win up to $500,000, they might be the greenest thing I plant all year. Don't just settle for a green thumb this spring. Go for a greener wallet with new Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. You'd be amazed to learn what one Tennessee lottery ticket can lead to. For you, it could be lucky, but for others, it could open the door to so much more. With more than $6 billion raised for education, the Tennessee Lottery has proudly funded over 1.5 million scholarships and grants. That means, on average, more than 130,000 Tennesseans every year continue their education just because you played. The Tennessee Education Lottery, game-changing, education-benefiting fun. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hot summer weather is approaching. Nobody wants their HVAC to break down in the extreme heat. That's why Hiller is offering a free service call with any repair to help keep you cool all summer long. And this month, we're offering special zero-interest financing for up to 60 months on select new HVAC systems. Stay cool all summer. Visit HappyHiller.com today for details. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Yeah. He's bound to die, loaded up and- 
trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch our bandit run. Okay, we're back. Three dudes with a view. I'm Del Kennedy, dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is still up. He's our station manager, folks. He is still up at Mount Parnassus trying to work on the transmission equipment up there and, and fix the gremlins. Doesn't seem as a day go by that the radio gremlins don't get us one way or the other. Uh, Mr. Jim York, dude number one, how you doing, man? Good morning, Del. How's it going? Going okay, Mr. York, and regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews, how are you? So good to be here. Good morning. I, I noticed, and we've got a special guest that I'll bring back here in a minute, but I noticed that Robbie Starbuck, uh, also a candidate for uh, U.S. Congressional District 5 seat, who was churched by the uh, uh, State Executive Committee of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a son of Cuban immigrants for goodness sake yeah and they said he wasn't a republican yep. uh, you know I'm yep. his hearing started yesterday <laughs> the decision hasn't been made but his hearing started well yesterday. i mean and not that i mean i'm not saying that i wanted to vote for robbie starbuck i'm i'm staying neutral in this thing i think well it's it's and, about having an equal playing field and everybody no, gets no we, we deserve to have the absolutely. choice absolutely it's your choice absolutely and uh what the state executive committee did was just wrong and uh they disenfranchised people. You know, well, was, they picked and choose who they thought they could get off the ballot that was less competition for other people. And that is not right. That's not voter integrity well, that we fight for. Who was that know? agent that Jim Sandman who... Uh, yeah, I oh, sent you that text. So Yeah, that, said that, said that uh, because uh, Baxter Lee... Uh, had been supported by Lamar and Corker that he wasn't a true Republican. Exactly, and it's that, not. So right. he voted him off. Well, Jeff, what you don't know is one of the guys that was on the executive committee mm-hmm. got online, made a statement. The statement was okay, but then he got down in his comments and he said, "I voted to reinstate Robbie Starbuck because he was endorsed by Rand Paul. I voted to reinstate Ortegas because she was supported by Trump and Pompeo, mm-hmm. but I did not vote to reinstate Baxter Lee." Because he had been supported by Alexander Ham, uh, Haslam and Corker. So he didn't like the tilt of his Republicanness. And, and to be honest, you know, if I discovered that a candidate, you know, was a, a, in the in the Corker-Alexander-Haslam um, camp, I probably— You wouldn't have voted I, I, for No, I, that's not my cup but of tea. But it's not your job to but take I, him off the ballot. No, I know. I wanted to have Baxter Lee as a choice. Right. You know, Baxter Lee had given a hundred thousand dollars to Republican candidates, and he a was disregard for democracy. It I really miss was. York, but I have to, I'm afraid I just have to agree. It is true. But, I mean, I can't complain about what Donna Brazil did to um, Bernie Sanders, and then be okay with this. There's you have to be consistent when you are talking about voter integrity. The Democrats deserve to be able to vote for their primary candidate, not for it to be shanked underneath them to get Hillary Clinton on the ticket. And the same thing about Congressional District Five. We are either for integrity or we are not. Okay. This anyway, Robbie Starbuck. This is about Tennessee, Deb. It ain't got nothing to do. with It's the same dang thing, Jim. Tennessee. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, folks. We got a guest here. I just we're gonna love the passion. Yeah, we're gonna. Come back. I love, I, yeah. I love the energy but, that's behind this, <laughs> and also, I love that there's going to be some solutions. Absolutely. Right. And uh, and and we have with us Jeff 
Byerline, who is a candidate who apparently was found to be a bona fide Republican by the State Executive Committee. And uh, we welcome uh, bona fide Republicans, and we, we welcome uh, Republicans who say they're Republicans. That's right. <laughs> Conservative Republicans. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, let me ask you one, one, one challenge. Jeff Byerline, welcome. Go, go ahead, Mr. York. Men can have a vasectomy anytime they want to with no, no qualms. Do you support a woman's right to choose? I mean, whatever choice. I'm not, not necessarily talking about uh, uh, reproductive care, but do you support a woman's right to choose? I think a woman should be able to choose what, what they want to choose so long as it doesn't impact the unborn. And Amen. that's something I take issue Amen. with as a Christian. So that's my personal thought. But that's a whole different can of worms that, you know, at first I was kind of shying away from thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, this is going to be a major issue in the election. Then I thought, that's exactly why we're here. That's right. And, you know, it, it goes into a, a bunch of different things. But if, if it didn't impact the unborn child, they can choose what they want to. Isn't it life first is your is your solemn right right to life, mm-hmm. liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So you mm-hmm. have to protect life. Mm-hmm. That's I, do you also thing. support the death penalty? I do support Jeff? the death penalty, yes. You I support, support capital punishment, yes. Okay. Well one's innocent, Jeff, right, and folks, one is not. Yeah, folks, these are uh, these are difficult questions that Democrats are gonna ask Republicans sure. and even fellow Republicans should. are gonna ask Republicans and uh Jeff and other Republicans have got to answer them, and Jeff just did. Uh, I was going to mention that the front page of the paper today is Robbie Starbucks suing the state executive committee of the Republican Party. And now, folks, I don't, you know, it's very difficult for me to understand a basis for this lawsuit. The Republican Party is a private organization, and if they want to act a fool, which they did, they can. And I, I, I don't know what law would prevent it, but... Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that lawsuit comes out. I think it's about consistency, right? Because there were a lot of people that were vouched for that got on the ballot or weren't vou- or weren't um, contested at all that have actually less standing than Robbie or Morgan or Baxter, and yeah. and I, that make that means that the party, the club, is deciding who can get on there and who can't. If they're not consistent. Then I think there's a problem. Well, I, I, there's definitely a problem, but I don't know if there's a problem in law there. That's the yeah, the, that's the problem. But, yeah, but that's, that's the, the same thing that you all do locally in Murray County. You have a convention, a closed convention. You select candidates also. We've collected yeah. candidates, well, and by the bylaws, they could have voted three out of four primaries or shown us their body of work as a Republican that can be witnessed by right. us and vouched for. And we did that consistently with our convention. All right, we well, did. Let's get back to Jeff Byerline, y'all, who's the uh, Republican candidate for uh, 5th Congressional District. He's running the primary in August, seeking the right to be the Republican nominee for the 5th Congressional seat in November. And, Mr. York, you just asked two questions that, Mm-hmm. Not only Democrats uh, are going to ask Republican candidates, but their fellow Republicans are going to ask them as well. And uh, so, uh, especially when there's, you know, you're you're against a woman's right to choose when it comes to abortion, but you are for the death penalty. Well, which is a conflict to me, a human conflict. I understand you're where life or I, I understand life. Where, where you're coming from, but every Republican candidate is going to have to answer those two sure. questions. Have you got another? Got another question, Jim? 
Oh, yeah, I got another question. Okay. Always got, <laughs> always got another question. We'll send I it on. It. I love it. I'm what watching about, this man stand up here ready to answer a question regardless of yeah, how well, tough it what is. What about the, the – the, I, I mentioned the fact that a lot of people were poor. What about the expansion of Medicaid for the state of Tennessee to help with the health care costs for a lot of individuals who can't afford it? First and foremost, that's a state issue. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say, Mr. York, that's, so yeah, that's a on, state on the issue, but you can level, certainly some influence of those, those, it. Those dollars will come from the federal government to reinforce that. So, one, I'd ask that it's doled out fairly uh, and under the right basis. And, and secondly, that it, it's, it's, it's measured appropriately. Uh, our state does have a surplus. We're one of, I think, one of two states maybe. Who yes. Do. It's very financially responsible. Uh, and I, I think that the state can measure that. We've got a lot of healthcare expertise here, and I think we've got the ability to provide coverage if done right and, you know, free from abuse and escalation. But ultimately, we've got to get costs where they need to be. And we've got to get more people back to work, which would keep those costs right. lower. And more insurance so, companies competing. Yes. Uh, then the other part, too, and, you know, I've worked across healthcare for 15 years. There has to be some for- form of a copay or, um, I think, ownership from the individual seeking health care as well. That, you know, on Medicare, you'd, you'd, you'd qualify if you have a work history, per se, or, you know, over 62, I guess. But, uh, but at the end of the day, I think we've got the ability to do this better. But the state should really be handling Medicaid issues, not the federal government. That's right. Now, Jeff, if, if elected to Congress, um, what, what would be your interests and what, what would you like to accomplish there? What committees might you seek to serve Well, the, the Armed Services Committee would be, I, I think, uh, where, I, where I'd like to go first and think through that. And then, you know, we could talk about the Border Committee as well as um, – on the economic side, what we need to do. My first priority, and this may differ for other candidates, because I think generally we're all going to think the same thing as conservatives and uh, nothing so novel with that, but maybe how we get there. We have to restore economic stability to our country. Yes. And, you know, I know abortion is, is a considerable issue, and it was, you know, put forth as of last week, which happens to be on Tennessee Election Day for our state officials as our local officials, uh, as well as the date of the Ohio primary for Senate. Right. So you understand some of the timing of this. But for me, economic stability is paramount. And we have gone so far off the rails, most of us can't even remember double-digit inflation like we're experiencing right now. And they're saying it's going to be worse through the summertime. It absolutely is. You know, basically the federal government's lying to us about the transitory nature of inflation. They're downplaying the numbers. They're not feeling and transmitting the actual impact of what's going on, trying to downplay it. But all indicators would say we're heading towards a recession. Well, if So what would you do differently to head off inflation? First of all, First of all, Mr. York, we need to stop the spending. Biden's response to this is student loan forgiveness. Then he talks about ghost guns. Then he talks about abortion. Nothing has anything to do with the economy and being fiscally responsible. He proposed uh, a massive program on top of the the $1.7 trillion that uh, he advocated for initially. Um, and a lot of the Green New Deal policies may be uh, pie-in-the-sky type policies, but now is not the time. And when we've choked down uh, the entities that produce energy for this country for the sake of you know, the green energy lobby, we've penalized ourselves. That's right. Uh, but that sounds like the space program. Everybody was, some folks were saying, now is not the time to try to go to the moon. I, so I, I when is the to, time I'd to love try to, to run the numbers, to reduce, Mr. York, but if you look at is, what we When put is the to, time to try to reduce the, the effects of energy on the climate? Well, let me let me say we have how many minutes left, Elk? 
How many minutes do we have? Oh, we're we're about we got real close to the end. Well, and me, you know, the energy. When is the right time? You know, that means when is the right time well, to support motherhood? I think you people said, right. Global, <laughs> global morning. That's right. Yeah, global Let's warming. fight for women's rights, but but let men compete in women's sports global and let a woman is, of the year be actually a man. I mean, That's where we are. Global so, warming is a hoax. Uh, well. I wanted you know, to say, as it, all it's candidates, a result of Russian disinformation. As all candidates come into Columbia, I always take them to Puckets after the radio show. So today, uh, candidate Jeff uh, Byerline will be with us um, down at Puckets for breakfast. We'll be down there about nine fifteen. So anybody out there in Radio Land that wants to meet Jeff personally, please come on down to Puckets and. And meet him. We'll be down there for an hour or so. And, 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 and Jeff Byerline, folks, you do need to meet him. He, uh, yeah. I met him for the first time this morning. He's obviously a very dynamic, uh, very astute, uh, very engaged, uh, uh, very well-informed. And it's Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you here, been. man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been the highlight, not just in my morning. But I'll give you for the week. This Absolutely. Is West Point cadet married to an, a legal immigrant from Australia. He's been to Korea and Central America, the border, Iraq. And then he went to Vandy for business school. He works in health care. So this man knows a ton of issues and is well versed to head to Washington. And I've been to Mule Day. And you've been to Mule Day. Day. What you say? You wore your Patriot pants? He has Patriot Patriot pants. pants. Delk, if you haven't seen these, Mm. you you may never be the same. (laughs) Red, white, blue. All right, give us your one-minute stump speech. All right. Jeff Byerline. Jeff Byerline running for the the 5th Congressional District, the new 5th, to take back control uh, for the the conservatives here in Tennessee. Uh, I've got quite a few things I want to accomplish, but, you know, first and foremost, we got to stabilize the economy. We have to protect America and not just the border. We've got to get back to economic stability. We have to get on the right side of social issues instead of the wrong side uh, to include COVID and abortion, etc. We've got to protect the unborn. Of course, my thoughts on the Second Amendment will not waver. And, you know, ultimately, we got to get back to being better Americans. And yeah. I think I can do that for the state of Tennessee. All right, Jeff Bauerlein, candidate for Republican nomination for U.S. Congress. Jeff, we hope to see you again. Uh, Thank you, sir. Yeah, over the summer, it's going to be a long, hot summer. I start, can't wait. Yeah, start today, 92 <laughs> degrees or something. It's going to be Good the best political you. season ever. And uh-huh. I'll be making a guest appearance, not just for barbecue diplomacy at Puckett's this morning, yes. but at the steeplechase this Saturday. Saturday, All right. right. Good so, luck, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. York, and God bless you. Thank you for your yes. service. All right, folks. There you go. We uh, we will be back tomorrow. Let's see. Tomorrow we uh, Clayton's not here, but I I think we've got. Uh, uh, has that been moved, Coach Mike? Or no, no. no. So we've got Eric Perriman tomorrow, along with um, what's what's her name, the Lisa Ventura, the uh, director of schools, and uh, Scott Summers, who is the chair of the budget committee for the Murray County Commission. Folks, we've got a disaster on our hands, uh, and that's, I mean, a disaster that just, you know, the 22nd version of it is we're looking at a 20% across-the-board property tax increase to build the schools that we have to have in the next five years. And that was after the adjustment on your property value, so this is going to be a big hit to all Murray Countyans. And this is not going to be easy. We're going to talk about it tomorrow.